I'm not going mad, 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 I'm not going mad. Welcome to Gatekeeper. A podcast about booking from the bookers and gatekeepers who decide who's in, who's out. Also, there's other stuff. And now your host of Gatekeeper, artistic director of the Hollywood Improv, Jamie Clam. Hello, everyone, and greetings from Montreal, Canada. I am here for JFL, which is, if you don't know, one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world. How exciting is that? I'm in my hotel room where just moments ago, I uh, somehow kind of kidnapped Jackie Cation, one of my favorite comedians. She's up here doing her podcast, The Dork Forest, um, with Maria Bamford, who she's, she's also opening up for on this trip. And Dave Ross, who was selected as a new face, which, again, if you aren't familiar with the festival or new faces, it's a major stepping stone for any comedian to be selected. Every year they pick about 15 or 20 different comics from um, all around that they think are the next generation of awesome comics. So I brought them up to my room here at the Hyatt in Montreal just for what I thought was going to be a five or 10 minute mini postcard episode, but it turned into a great conversation. Uh, So enjoy that. And we'll be back with a full episode soon. My apologies. The sound quality is going to be all over the map. We just recorded straight into my laptop. In spite of the fact that I did bring up my recorder and my microphones. But who needs to set all of that crazy stuff up? You know what I'm saying? So enjoy the episode. And I will be seeing you real soon. Sound effect. Okay. Hello, welcome to Gatekeeper. This is a very special limited edition episode live from Montreal. This is a postcard from Montreal uh, where right now is happening the biggest, most important comedy festival in the universe called Just for Laughs, JFL. I'm in my hotel room. I dragged up here uh, two of my favorite comics, Jackie Cation. Hello. The most important comedy festival is the comedy festival you are at. That's the way I say. That's what oh, I say. Whatever you're at. Yeah, whatever you're at is the most important. Live in the Ooh, moment. That was, right. Live you in the said moment. That. Is that Tony Robbins? I did. I said, <laughs> I said that. I'm also I sewed on a pillow. Uh, Dave Ross, who is uh, a new face. Nursing. A, I am a hangover from yesterday. Yes, but I'm feeling good. And so, um, all, so Jackie is. Uh, you're here doing your podcast. And I'm doing a live dork forest. And, nice. uh, and then I'm opening for uh, Murray Bamford riding that coattail as that's far as she me. Show. Yeah, that's it. And then and Dave, who is that? Maria Bamford is how mm, it's pronounced. Very uh, It turns out one of the best. One of the best of the yeah. kids. Comedians say. in the world. How about yeah. uh, Stephen Colbert's favorite comedian on the planet Earth? How about is that, that true? Yeah. That is what he said. He holds a lot of water. When he introduced her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she really is uh, unbelievable. She is my favorite. She I is think, my as favorite. well. Yeah. yeah, there's no yeah. reason. Another level. And Dave Ross, you are you are here. You are selected as a new face. Yes. Which, uh, oh. if you're an uninitiated, if you don't know, if you're just learning about comedy, explain what a new face is. Um. Oh wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, <laughs> how do you describe what a new face is? Okay, from my perspective, I'll tell you what a new face is. I when I started stand up. I started, uh, people were like, are you going to the new face showcases? And it was basically every comedian in LA showcasing for the people of just for laughs to try to show them that they deserve to be a new face. So it's like everyone who is a young comic is trying to do it so they can get here and they pick 
25 a year, 15 or 16, or maybe 20 on 20 reps. I did it in 2003. They paid air and hotel. They still doing that? No, they pay hotel. They don't pay air. They do not pay air anymore. Wow. Weird. But there is a taping that we all get this year that pays and it covers that. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh, that's then. Okay. But it's, yeah. Yeah. So why did they, that seems complicated, but okay. As long as you're getting enough money to cover your air. Exactly. I am happy. Last year. Um, there was none of that. So they just, you're the first year. And just so everyone knows, um, I, I'm here for the improv. Yeah. But I also was, I I came out early because I was hired by JFL to be a TV set better. Um, because every year, I think over 300 sets are recorded for television for Showtime and the comedy network and, um, CISO. And so they need people to go through all these sets and work on them and make sure everyone's ready for them. And so I have this additional thing i'm doing yeah and it's cool but i get i unfortunately i had i can't see oh you didn't get to see it i don't get to see that's right i don't get to see new faces so you taped yours last night no the taping is tomorrow i did my new faces set yesterday okay allow me to tell you uh, i did a hbo canada a couple of years ago okay and um they asked me what my last line was and so i told them what my last line was and um the audio person she accidentally cut my last line how, of the joke. Whoa. Yeah. It was unfortunate. And um, I, afterwards, I was kind of mad. She was very upset and very sad. And we were all disappointed. Uh, me, possibly more than anyone. Mm-hmm. Since uh, it was my joke. They can't just ADR yeah. that in? Uh, I guess not. ADR didn't say it over <laughs> an image of an audience <laughs> member laughing. Exactly. That's so funny. Of your uh, closer. Of my closer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But so, but Judah Friedlander gave me the best advice that night, which was uh, whenever anyone asks you, what's your last line on a TV set? Tell them that your last line is, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. So for tomorrow night, when they ask you, what's your last line? Oh, they're going to ask me that. They will ask you that. And then you say, my last line is, thank you very much. Oh. And then that's when they will cut your mic. Wow. There that, you. That's some real good insider stuff right there. By the way, you know, it was one of the um, the most fun parts of um, doing new faces. They like, you're performing in a massive theater. There were like seven or 800 people in there, I think. Awesome. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it was like 15 people. But it, it was, was 12, 12 there, there were 12 people, the two people. of you, and then <laughs> 10 more of the two of you. I brought a date. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of dates. I just went up there, you know, doing my six minutes. I was like, who's on a date tonight? We want to see the next generation of uh, If you look American under your comics. seat, you're going to see a paper that's for the raffle. Um, I'm more of a host. Uh, I, uh, no, they, um, they bring you out to, like, really loud music and this, like, huge, like, light rig. Like, lights are, like, flashing and these, like, kaleidoscope lights are moving. It's, like a big spectacle when you walk out on the stage and you get to pick your intro song, but you pick from 30 oh, from or 40 vetted, songs. They have vetted songs. First I picked London calling. Cause okay. I'm love that song. And yep. I'm like, well, I'm punk fucking, I'll be the <laughs> punk guy. But I was like, wait, no, that's not fun enough. And I went back and looked at the list and Lose Yourself by Eminem was on there. That's it. <laughs> so that I is picked it. Lose Yourself by Eminem. I always <laughs> pick an Eminem song because I don't care. Right? Yeah, who cares? Uh, whenever a club says, what do you want to go up to? For years, I would say White America. Uh-huh. And then uh, recently, I've done uh, Rap God. And I oh, like that's I, a great one. Rep God's amazing because it's just like why be why be why be a king when you could be a god? Yeah, and you're like, yeah, please play that part of it, and then introduce me. That'd be fantastic. Lose yourself was especially funny to me because New Faces is something I wanted ever since I started stand up. I've always like. You know, has your life changed fundamentally in the last 12 hours? Absolutely. Completely in every single way. I knew it would. Um, 
Yeah, it fulfilled every single dream I've ever had in comedy, <laughs> and I feel like I've made it. All my insecurities are gone. Thank God. I know. It's They'll time to quit. Um, what's the next thing you can go for? Um, what's the next level? Right. Um, Don't rest on And this. you're doing your TV Rest set. on no laurels. I think Wait, that tonight. is important. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that, like, the fact that you get, you're doing your first TV set, I think that's a really cool thing. That's well, it's not really a TV set. It's for the new Kevin Hart uh, LOL thing. Oh, well, you know that. It's which a website? Is, um. Oh yeah, maybe is, it's is like it a an website or, or internet digital. set? Yeah, and but I mean, you should totally you're, you're tape it right. and then send it to Conan. I'm going to. Good. Yeah, yeah. Just um, audio. That's fine. Just the audio. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like that about it yet because uh, it's yet to be seen what's going to happen with this network. But yeah, it is really exciting. I'm really excited to do it. Um, and I, what I can tell you, what's next for me, what's in my brain. I, after this. I, I just headlined a club for the first time, and it was Go Bananas. You've done Go Bananas, No, you right? headlined the Hollywood Improv. Yeah, well, that's true. But not a that's road That's true, club. but not on the road. That's different. It's my hometown. It's um, one show. And it was one show. It was, was what, five shows? for the rest of the, uh, your career. Oh, right, for, for being the first one to headline You're absolutely it? right. I yep. need to say that. Uh, but I, I did mean road club. I should have said that. That's fine. Because Go honestly- Go Bananas and where? Cl- in Cincinnati. Um, mm, I think I was. It, did it used to be an improv? I don't think so. I think it's been I, I've around forever. I've never done the Go Bananas. Um, well, it was great. But oh, good. The other thing was, I did headline the improv two years ago. Now it was in 2014, yeah. I believe. That I mean, that was a massive deal to me, man. It was like I also sold it out, and yeah. it was like that was one of the like biggest achievements I've ever had in my entire life. And yeah, and I bring up this road thing because it's like making money as a headlining comedian is a big aspiration of mine. And it's what I want to do now. And so the next two steps are, um, a short stand-up set on TV and a, a half hour. And those are two things I know I'm ready for and I have the material for. And it's just like grinding out for that. Yeah. Well, I think this, um, this is one of the, the most valuable things about this festival. It, it really is like you're in a class now. Yeah. And you know, as a booker of the improv, when I, when I first started, like I would look at past, classes of uh new faces and i was blown away by how pretty much no not everyone there's plenty of great comics if you're your comic listening you haven't been one it's not the be all end all but it is like really they vet this it's a well it's and it's a hell of a bump for your career mm-hmm. because it is kind of a because it's it's industry driven so it's much more you know it's great to do other festivals and but this is the one because you and you said it you were like this is the most important comedy festival in for career wise yeah. especially LA New York kind of thing and I want well, people sorry. care I, I want to mention the first time I saw it and I don't know if you experienced this last night or you experienced it when you did it but the first time I saw the new faces like three years ago. Being in that room and it's all industry, everyone's just gotten to town and seen a ton of friends of mine and comics that I've known forever going up. And it was the first time seeing, oh, this is a business and these are the buyers and this is the product. And like really seeing like, oh my God, this is a, an industry and people are like, my friends are, are products right now. And like, can I make money on that person? Can I make money on yeah. that person? Yeah. How can I make money on that person? Yeah. And that's just a crazy thing to see. It's also, I think, um, it's especially a good thing to have happen to you if you're the type of person who operates in comedy on their own. I mean, I know you do and yeah. have for a long time. And I like forever. It, yeah, forever. <laughs> right. Same. And I honestly plan to continue doing that. I, I've always loved being DIY. I like everywhere I've gotten but in comedy. But if somebody helps been, you, don't turn it down. No, never no, turn no, it take, down. <laughs> take but, that. Take the check. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you're someone who like starts your own shows – and does all your own stuff and like books your own tours and like 
builds a fan, builds fans through podcasts and things like that. It's a really nice thing to every now and then have the industry be like, we pick you. It's just, we like a refresher. We, it, yeah, yeah. Like it's, I'm doing the right thing. It's it's the approval. The the crazy thing about the the gatekeepers, right? The, as you call them, mm-hmm. is that is that we all want their approval, and we do. And we we the thing the thing that we do forget is that as the comic, we are the product, but we are also the source of the laughs. So we do have something to give back, but comics are so driven by this sense of inferiority and this, yeah. and this problem that, that you can get played by people who are the gatekeepers and who, who are like, I'm going to do you a favor. And you're like, I think it's mutual. We're doing right. our, we're, we're, we're going to, if we're going to make some money, let's make some money together. And we have to appreciate each other. And I, I've recently relearned that, you know, like, um, a manager for many years and we parted ways this year and it was because we had a misunderstanding and I thought that I didn't know if everything was being done. You always feel like you're doing more of the work. It doesn't yeah. matter what side you're on. Right. Right. And, um, and sometimes that's true. And in this case, and granted, uh, I have, I have no problems. It was entirely mutual and very amicable. And I've made her, I think hundreds of dollars over the last 10 years. So I think that it seems fair. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and, uh, but the, but when we left, I was like, and I, and I, I tried other ways to get the same things that she was working on. I was like, Oh, she had, she had been doing as much as she possibly could. Right. You know, there was, and it was an appreciation of her that I hadn't, that I hadn't had for a couple of years and it wasn't fair to her. And so I had to be super honest with myself about it, you know, and she's never been anything. She's a great, a, a, a great uh, supporter of stand up and whatever. But um, yeah, why don't you do your own research? I'm not naming her. <laughs> I have a question for both of you. I mean, dealing with the gatekeepers, obviously the, the vetters for new faces and for you, like doing a, a podcast here, like yeah. that's phenomenal. And it's so cool to see Dork Forest in the same category when you get, when you get here and you get these amazing bags with just uh, flyers and postcards and uh, oh right right these big chapstick. names and and oh right and whoopee cushions no sex toy this year oh. no sex toy uh, the one I think was the there last, a flashlight last time no no we were here? three years ago it was a matching there was a cock ring and uh, a thumb vibrator uh, it was a his and her set of sex toys for some reason oh nice I thought that was just a regular ring a cock ring it was oh really just I, I thought it was a toe ring down. no it was a regular yeah. ring it was um, a stretchy it was a stretchy ring that uh, so how, how did you for Dork Forest like did you submit it did someone say I didn't. like no they were just I like didn't. hey come to your podcast I think this is coattail stuff on Bamford because they, oh, cool. they wanted me to come because um, Maria wanted me to come and um and uh, I'm good at stand-up comedy, so it's the show should all work out. Uh, when if you were to want me to do anything else, as I said to them, I'm available. It turns out I do stand-up, and they put me on a couple other shows, and that was great. But um, but I think uh, I think Maria's PA guy uh, was like, "Well, do you want her to do a door? Wouldn't it be great if she did?" And he pitched me, and they said, "Yes, let's do that. That'd be lovely." And then and Maria's going to actually be my guest. And when they sent me that, I was like, does Maria know that she's going to be my guest? And um, and then I get an email from Maria going, I am to- I know totally I'm going to be your guest. I want to talk about this and blah, blah. We're going to dork out hard. Oh, great. Like, Let's do it. And she's been on the show a bunch, obviously. I mean, we've been friends for 700 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wow. and she's, she got in on the ground floor of uh, Dork Forest, much like myself. 
Do you remember this, by the way, Jackie? I, I've done. I've been on the Dork Forest one time. What, and you should come again. Everybody oh, should. I would love to. You've I'll, both been on, but you you were on when I was doing twofers. When it was oh, yeah. I went, went on, on with Whitmer Thomas. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about punk rock. Yeah. yeah. We're both big punk nerds. Um, but I don't know if you remember this. I... Uh, I don't know how well we knew each other back then. We knew each other yeah. fine, but not that much. I've always I was... enjoyed your stand-up from the start, man. Oh, man, really thank you, fun. Jackie. Yeah. I mean, That's, genuinely. That yeah. means a lot to me. I'm a huge yeah. fan. Yeah. Oh, thanks, I hope man. you know that. Oh, I... Uh, Jamie, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Mutual have my room. society. Anyway. So. No, I always... I was pretty young in stand-up then, too. I think I'd been doing stand-up like two years yeah. or something. And so it was like... First of all, I don't. I didn't say anything, but it was like a massive honor to be asked to do. I was like freaking out, excited. So yeah. was Wit. We both were. Oh, that's awesome. And I was sick as fuck. And I I texted you and was like, uh, I don't know if I should come. I'm so sick. I don't want to get you sick. And you were like, Hey, it's up to you. Come if you want. I don't care. So I went with Wit. And when I got there, Jamie, she had she gave me. A Tupperware filled of homemade chicken soup to to take home with me. That is, and sat a jug of orange juice next to me for the episode. <laughs> it was the um, sweetest thing ever. Well, we have an orange tree, and uh, it seemed like the least I could do. Well, I, <laughs> and will, I always try to uh, do just, the least. I, I was getting sick, <laughs> but you had um, you had ample fruit juices. I did not get chicken soup, but there was also chocolates, like, chocolates and cashews. Uh, I, I ate might, took you up on the cashews. It's a, there's an Armenian uh, Irish uh, ancestry thing that is like feed people when they come to your house, and uh, so sure. And I'm a bit of a depression wife, so uh, <laughs> just like leave with a parting gift. So also, I I feel like I've heard a handful of stories from you that make it seem like you are uh, mama bear and a handful of your relationships. Like, do you are you like? Do you feel uh, yourself very maternal? I don't actually. I mean, oh, really? the weirdest thing is I've never wanted children, but I just, I try to be supportive and a nice person. Right. And people often witness that as maternal. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, my husband and I, they think of it as maternal, but I- Only a mother would take care of anyone. Why would you take care of people? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know. My husband said when we were talking about having kids, he said, you know, there's no kid in the world that deserves two bad cops. And because uh, we would both, because we're both, I mean, I have 13 nieces and nephews and I have made- Oh, I think every single one of them cry really? by calling them Just being an like, asshole. Get it together, idiot! Yes, yes, almost <laughs> verbatim. Uh, when uh, there's nothing like a five year old to really drive you nuts because the self absorption level is almost complete. That is when the it's almost like tank. You can't get through an, an ironclad self absorption, and so right, I don't to... have a huge maturity, but I do like people, and I do think that it would be nice if everybody were uh, happy when they come over to my house. You're a sweetheart. I mean, that's the yeah, that's, you're really nice. The so, by definition, that might be maternal. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a thing that, that we – you were just talking about um, appreciating the work that other people do and just yeah. appreciating the people around you. And I think that's something that human beings in general forget about a lot in life. Like, you know, when you go on the road and you're with someone, the, the tours I've found that have been the most fun have been the ones where we all immediately start taking care of each other. Little things like – one person's pumping gas. The other person goes into the store. They're like, do you want anything? I got it. Yeah. You know, like I'll get you a bottle of water and a pack yeah, of yeah. cigarettes, you know, just like, and you're totally right. Like taking care of people, you, sh it, it feels good. And it, well, it, I mean, and, and it takes, and it takes practice. I think, I yeah. mean, some of the people like we were talking about Bamford is nobody 
I've seen her genuinely over the years work on being a good person yeah. and making sure that she's inclusive. And uh, I occasionally, not not a lot, but I occasionally get to do an amazing thing, which is open for Brian Regan, right? Yeah. And he is, that guy's at, a, at another level, right? I mean, he's essentially, and he would probably not appreciate this, but I think of him sort of as the Captain America of stand-up comedy <laughs> because he's just a good guy. Yeah. And he, and I see him work at it. Like he makes sure to meet people Make sure that, you know, he goes to a theater. He does a big theater. He can't do meet and greets after the show because there's 1,200 people or thousands of people. It would take days, right? Yeah, right. So, um, but he tries to meet all the staff and he makes sure, you know, he's trying, yeah. he tries to be, and it's it's inspirational, you know? Right. Because we all want to be decent human beings, but you forget that it takes practice. Right. Well, and a big thing, a big thing for me, at least, that makes that really difficult is <laughs> my own insecurities and oh, right. fear that I'm not liked uh-huh. because then- that those thoughts inside my head make me think one, if I reach out to someone who I haven't heard from in a while, or I do an act of love towards someone who hasn't done something like that toward me, then I am either being desperate or, or just kind of like Weird meddling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's the other thing where like, it makes me sit around and wait by the phone. And yeah, <laughs> you re- have classic overthink syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah, me it's, too. Me too. It's what made every relationship I've ever had yeah. difficult. And I like, I was super depressed last year and I went through a big change. Uh, like I, that depression is not gone, but it's much, much better. And one of the big changes I made was I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And I just started, I was like, I'm not going to wait by the phone anymore. And I started <laughs> reaching out. Yeah. And it like, of course it changes your life. Yeah. Because yeah. then you, they get back to you. Yeah. Some of them. Some yeah. of them don't. Some of them, it's it takes a while. And some people are worth the effort to keep calling. Yeah. Like there's some people I don't, I see probably twice a year and I call them every three to six months. I think of it as avails. I like to send yeah. out avails every three to six months. Yeah. Uh, work the road. You guys want me? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. And some of them get me in in a year and some of them don't get me in in a year. And, uh, and it's I, beneficial I, for everybody. Every, like, yeah. Because if you're, if you're the type of person to be like, uh, what's happening? Yeah. Does anyone like me? Does, does anyone like yeah. me? And then you have those friends that reach out. Like, why can't you be that guy? Right. And it feels good to like make people feel good and it feels good for them. I don't know. Yeah. We should take care of each other is my point. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, see you later. Hot places to eat in Montreal. (laughs) I want to go to that chicken place. That's uh, next to the egg, egg, tastic or whatever the hell that's uh, called. Expectation, which I've had about three, three mornings. mornings I love that. It's not high expectation or anything. It's just (laughs) expectation. expectation. Yeah. Yeah, They got some expectations. You have your own expectation. (laughs) Uh, I've heard that Joe beef is very good and I enjoy the name. And and, uh, there's, uh, there's, they do good work with Portuguese chicken in this town. I'm told. Oh, really? I've had, really good Portuguese chicken up uh, past all the um, the hipster clothing stores mm-hmm. up the up St. Catherine I think it is and then uh, there's a there's did you know this about bagels in Montreal yes. in Montreal uh, in Brooklyn they import their bagels from Montreal I didn't know that really very specific taste yeah and which is ridiculous because New York bagels and granted nobody wants to be less New York than Brooklyn uh, <laughs> it's just a lot of weird dude yeah attitude but the um yeah, Montreal. There's a 24-hour bagel place that's called the name of the street. Oh man, it's I gotta Saint, do that. Saint VR. And also, I recommend like um, Chopped or, or the Food Network Canada. Yeah, is phenomenal. Um, it's on right now on your TV. There, I've discovered um, uh, you know Chopped Canada. It's phenomenal. Um, uh, what else is there? Uh, Canadian. Anyway, wait. There's a. It's a. It's a restaurant called Chopped, and not the TV show. Chopped? No, no, no. The, the, the 
TV show. But, oh, you're um, recommending Chopped Canada? <laughs> because you meet like you you meet you see Canadian chefs is what you're saying? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. If you like Chopped, you're gonna love Chopped Canada. <laughs> I you guys, you guys already were already at like a 22 minutes. I promised you this was gonna be five minutes. I think at some point. Okay. Um, but it's been talk about a postcard. Well, it's we're really, a good time. Really small letters. I'm gonna go to that chicken place right downstairs right now because I have uh, I, I got a bunch of stuff tonight. Is so. there anything else uh, from Montreal that you want to impart to? Um, the listeners of this podcast about the experience or well this real quick i mean like going how many years did you um showcase for this before you got it um i think it was five or six i showcased early i showcased in my second year of stand-up so i was like a year and a few months in the first time i showcased and the reason was that eric abrams was running it at the time and i had a show at the at the hollywood improv lab oh. um and uh then he like quit that to, to book uh, new faces. So I got it then. And so like, yeah, I think it was actually six years, but three of those were like, I was like actually in the game. It like made sense. Oh yeah. But, I did yeah. it for eight years before I got in. I think that's yeah. so important for people to hear. Like it takes time and right. And you have to realize that, that there's, there was a theme when I got in the first year, there was a theme. Oh, that I did not know that it was because it was I got I came in 2003 and it had been going on for obviously a while. But um, I had and the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival had still been happening as well. And somebody pointed out that HBO Comedy Festival was a casting stand up comedy festival and that Montreal was a, a sitcom deal festival and so nobody told me that until 2002 uh Uh so i wrote a set that was like what would my sitcom be like Uh and so that was the year i got in weirdly enough and weirdly enough i heard andy kindler's state of the industry Uh and it was it made fun because what i did was i just watched a bunch of sitcoms Uh and i was like uh okay i'm gonna take all of my jokes and make them about what if my parents had to move back in with me uh-huh. and then it was the year that every all the sitcoms were what if you're what if somebody had to move in with somebody else and kindler eviscerated and it was so freaking funny my jokes were still funny of course <laughs> of try, course try to telegraph where sitcoms are headed and tailor your set to that is the uh or something i don't really know like because your set probably wasn't that at all right it wasn't no you know what though without even really thinking about it my set kind of is does it have, could have your be a point show. of view yeah, yeah 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 super point of view totally so maybe that's something that we I can think tell it's people absolutely something I, I mean you should have a point of view yeah oh oh i or see what you're arc? saying absolutely it's <laughs> interesting i it happened a little bit without thinking about it because the, those are my favorite jokes but also i did i would have done the there's like a four to five minute chunk that's one bit that's most of it about questioning my sexuality and everyone questioning their sexuality. Um, and those are my favorite jokes I have right now. So I did yeah. that. But then I also, I picked my first joke, um, which is about like, there's this country music song that is literally about like, you should give homeless people money because what if they're angels? Oh, right. Uh, and it's like, no, you should give homeless people money because they need help <laughs> they in their might. life. Uh, yeah. Right. And I did pick that because I was thinking like, I want to present myself as someone who cares about people and writes jokes about those things. Yeah. And, uh, and I think like having an entire, like a six minute body of work that shows me as that kind of person, um, is, is, is very re- revelatory. That's a great idea. Yeah. It like displays me. It displayed me to that entire room of people as that person. And if there is something going on that yeah. involves that kind of thing, or 
at any time in the next 10, 20 years, that'll be in people's minds that that's me. Yeah. To sort of define yourself will help. I think the industry find a place to, to throw a way to think about, about you. Totally. You know what? Another thing I would say is, um, jokes. Cause like, oh, what? like, how does it I, go? Is it, is jokes. it say something funny, pause. And then yeah. another one. I actually am saying this. I know it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but like, but, but there are, I've seen a lot of showcases mm-hmm. and, uh, and some like, I know a lot of comics that have all the things they have. They can write jokes. They have personality. They, uh, they can really like own a room, uh, and everything. And I've seen a lot of sets that are a lot of personality and owning the room and like a story about their life, but it's not really littered with it's like not the, written it's not punch punched, lines. It's not punched up. And yeah. And, uh, the people that I see like really crush are the people with fucking jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. yeah. Yeah. Storytelling. I, uh, I, I genuinely like storytelling standup where there's an arc and there's a, there's a story and, but it does have to, it, I have two bits right now that don't have uh, buttons on the end. They don't have uh, final punchlines. They have a plenty of punchlines in the middle. And I suppose I could, why don't I, why don't I swap some stuff around? Yeah. Well, that would take some work. It turns out I'm going to work it out. on. Jackie, you are speaking my language right now. <laughs> I have two of my favorite bits I've ever written that are, that like flow perfectly and are littered with punchlines, but it doesn't have a bow. Right. They it, don't I, end up. They don't end. <laughs> Give me that moment. Yep. Have you thought about just uh, giving the microphone a blowjob? Yeah, 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 yeah. You nice could punch. hump it. Or yeah, hump it. I could hump. The I male comics is, hump it. Male comics blow it. I get it. I, I did get see it. that. Last I night. what I do now is I I grab the stool after, like I went up to my side. I grab it and I walk off stage and I and I fuck it backstage because <laughs> it's just for oh, me and the stool. Timing yeah. wise, uh, that here's I'm going to make a suggestion. Bring the stool back out. Do it on stage. There's your closer. Oh no, shit! Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I just thought of a really good idea because I was thinking about that damn joke. Grab one of the punchlines from the middle and see if it'll work on me. No, I know. I do that idea. all the time. And but yeah, the sometimes they're just backwards. Sometimes, but sometimes they don't work in the end. The other thing is that sometimes those stories, those long bits, like don't have a message. And that's the one of like one of these two bits. There, there is no discernible. And it's not that there you can't derive a message from the bit. It's that I can't think of a lesson learned or some like greater revelation that I got from it. And in order to wrap up a seven minute bit where I'm exploring my brain, it's like kind of got to be that. Well, there has to be either if, I mean, if you're going to do it as a through line and then some sort of not, not, not a message or a moral that makes it that, that people get irritated when you, when, when they, you, you don't want them to know. That there's oh, I'm not talking about that. shoving it down their throats. No, yeah, no, yeah, obviously, yeah. Right. And, yeah. Uh, but the, but I think that, um, yeah, but it does have to, I mean, if, It'd be great if there'd be just some sort of twist at the end of it yeah. where you're like, and this, or even in, like, I have this seven minute thing about my, my dad almost dying and it's great. Uh, and it, the button on the end of it is a little bit of a callback because he said, he said the thing that I said in the beginning of the story. And granted, I wrote the story so that it's, that's the beginning of the end. <laughs> right. But, um, but so it works. It just, um, but it has to have, even if it's a callback, I say, go for it. I like yeah, it. I why don't not? Like a callback. I like a callback too. I mean, it's like. They were vilified for years. They were, they were beloved and then they were vilified. I say much like Helen Hunt, we're ready again. We're ready again for a, for a callback, you guys. Also, yeah, you like if, go if in and you can meet in the middle. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Use sparingly. <laughs> Use sparingly. 
the callbacks. Well, room 440 at the <laughs> Hyatt in Montreal has become oh. a place where you've both grown right before my eyes. You have two beds in here. I I'm do. staying here. You're welcome to. Thank There's you. Unless I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, uh, you no, also I do not know what you're saying. You have a copy of The Hobbit, which I'm pretty pleased about. I, I realized. Did you just put this in this room instead of the Bible now? <laughs> well, I, I, I would support that. I would um, support that, too. Well, thank you guys for making time at, on at this uh, All right. festival. For Thanks for having us, room. man. And uh, this has been Gatekeeper. Uh, we'll be back with a, a, probably a better audio recording episode soon. Um, reporting from Montreal. I'm Dave Ross. I'm Jackie Cation. I'm Jamie Flam. And I'm Dave Ross. <laughs> For more episodes of Gatekeeper, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me online at jamieflam.com and at jamieflam on Twitter. A very special thanks to the Sideshow Network, the Hollywood Improv, Andrew Steven, Sean Merrick, Roddy Swearingen, and producer Buddy Peace for the awesome music at the top and end of this episode. And be sure to check out hollywood.improv.com for updates on great new shows coming up in the main room and the lab.